given a couple of talks with this title. This will be the third one. Just observe, number three, in case you're taking notes. The idea behind why I keep emphasizing that, not only when you're sitting, but in post-meditation when you get up and interact with your, your environment, with your peeps, with the society, with CNN, clerks in the grocery store, is because it's so difficult to miss that and go into some kind of commentary on everything. See if you can do that. See if you can maintain observation and let and do not grasp at any commentary. I'm not saying the commentary won't arise spontaneously, waving its uh, fishtail in front of you. Just don't 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 do anything with it, because it will take you into a labyrinth of analysis, judgment, pushing and pulling, and many many skirmishes and little tiny warfares with yourself, with your environment, and so on. And what makes it so difficult, as you've heard me say probably dozens of times, it's difficult because we're, we're, there's a justification. Someone actually did, uh, was actually rude to you, or did uh, treat you uh, unkindly, or in a rude sort of way, or unfair. It's not that they didn't do that. If you go in and try to correct that, you're right back into materialism again. This is a spiritual path, my friends, if you haven't noticed. And if you don't understand, you should ask me questions. This is not about right and wrong. I'm not saying there isn't a right and wrong. Giving somebody CPR is right. Stabbing somebody in the chest with a dagger is wrong. Okay, we've settled that. I know about that. You know about that. Don't buy it. Don't sell it. Don't look away. Don't buy it. Don't sell it. Don't look away. Do nothing with it. It's a simple idea, and it's one you can actually apply in your life, in your post-meditation. In your meditation, sure, you're sitting and you're watching the thoughts come and go. And I say, don't climb on board, don't bail, do nothing. Whatever's coming towards you is correct. If you think that you're, having, you're being treated unfairly, this is the very nature of karma, is to think that you're somebody special who doesn't deserve that. If it's showing up on your doorstep, Okay, I'll say it. You got to come. You got to come. On some level, maybe not you personally, maybe you don't have a memory of where um, I did this and this and this, therefore I'm getting payback for this and this. It's not payback. That's a misunderstanding of karma. Karma is uh, not all that personal. It is very impersonal. When we say it's impersonal, imp when I say it's impersonal, I just, I don't mean there isn't a sense of a personality, but the personality is unreal. It's a phantom. Don't believe your thoughts. Don't disbelieve your thoughts. And don't ignore them, for sure. Oh, show. Don't do that. Look away. Don't use artificial means to get away from what's happening. Drugs, activities. So the way we practice that is to notice the way when anything happens, someone comes around the corner and says anything to you at all. It could be, have you eaten yet? It could be, how are you doing? It could be something very simple. You will notice that you add something to it, something. And it is what? When I say don't add, don't do the math, I know you can't help but do that because I continue to do it, even though I've known about it for a long time. 
So it's, a, it's the awareness of the adding that helps us actually uh, begin to understand on a fundamental way what wisdom actually is. Wisdom is transcends, goes beyond picking and choosing. That's why the, the practical, pragmatic, materialistic mind can't quite, I mean, they're trying to do it uh, with the, you know, the book Buddha's Brain, you know, trying to find out what was, what is the, what was the Buddha doing in his brain? I'm not saying that science doesn't have some accuracy to it, it isn't correct uh, on some relative level, but they're never going to find a, a trace of what this, uh, what wisdom is. Wisdom doesn't leave traces. So just observe, number three. So just observe, whatever is moving, just observe that. You can, there are even techniques that I've talked about that you can do to help you kind of uh, slowly, gently disconnect from the belief in your thought patterns. One of them is go to your sense. The <laughs> sense of touch basically doesn't lie. I'm not saying there could be some deception going on there, but there's no intention of a personality who wants to be safe or wants to be correct. Uh, that is uh, working with that in a direct sort of way as to make it some kind of a charade. So if, if you notice, the next time you notice any kind of irritation or anger arise anywhere, dependent on that or dependent on that, go to your senses. I mean, don't, don't get rid of the anger or the frustration, but include uh, other, other uh, dynamics of consciousness like sense of touch, like the sense of hearing sense of smelling, sense of seeing, just colors. It's interesting, the metaphor, the metaphor for being angry is, uh, well, I just saw red. You know, I just saw above me. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw red. Of course, when red is a, a, you know, a passion color. If you think you're right or correct about anything, uh, if, you, if anything is coming up in your brain pan, your consciousness, Anything is coming up that is taking you away from this. Uh, this is this is a misunderstanding, and it leads to lifetime after lifetime after life. You're not going to remember them. We've all been here forever, and we're probably coming back, but maybe not. You might uh, show up on uh, what was that other place? Beetlejuice? <laughs> oh no, that, that's Adelbaran. No, it's not that one. What is it? What is that other? Huh? Andromeda? Andromeda? Is that a planet? That's a bunch of bright spots. Isn't it? You got a question? Uh, earlier you said that the karma that you uh, may receive is not necessarily a payback. No, it's not a payback. That's that's ego's interpretation. That's a... That's a, a that, that continues to be received in a particular lifetime. Things are dependent on Give me a more specific. I follow you, but give me a more specific question. Um... Like if the if there's if like if I get into a relationship and it never lasts more than a year, it always falls apart right around one year. <clears throat> I don't see any problem. It's the seeming continuity. Is there continuity to that? Uh, what do you mean by continuity? Something that's similar that persists. Yes, it's the part that you think is, is something different. You you separate it out into it's a good thing, it's a bad thing, should be happening, shouldn't be happening, but the fundamental nature is. It's not separate from anything. It shows up as causes and conditions that we tend to grab one end of it and reject the other end. Passion, aggression. It doesn't do anything with it. 
Anytime you have any kind of emotion that's triggered by anyone, anything, I don't care how uh, justified you are. This is not the low-level thinking, the unsophisticated, you could even say, thinking of the court system, where somebody does something wrong, lock them up, or do this or do that, that very simplistic uh, approach to the world. It's been going on forever. The spiritual path, you actually begin to transcend that. And the way you can begin to transcend that is stop believing your thoughts about anything. It's not that the thoughts don't have relative truth. Of course they do. That's why, that's why it's so difficult for the self-centered or the ego mind to, you could say, detach from it or, or look at it with, with a sense of equanimity. Very difficult when somebody's giving you a hard time deliberately. You know about that. Or when you think somebody's giving you a hard time, which might be more the case that you're in. There's uh, anyone giving you a hard time, except maybe me. And you've asked me to do that. Anybody who asks me to fully ordain as a monk is asking me to function with them directly. Not that receiving Jukai doesn't do the same thing, but even more so as a monastic. This means your whole life is mainly about this. So what is it about? It is about the Buddha, the awakened one. It is about the Dharma, or the truth that he taught. And it is about the Sangha, or the community of people, in which there is no warfare. <laughs> uh, I'll go here first. When our suffering can seem quite um, suffocating, an impulse to get out of it. Mm -hmm. and how can we work with impulses when the nature of them seems to be that they're out before we... When the impulse is over with before we know it? It seems like if I'm having a hard time mm -hmm. and I buy into that, yeah. it's, it's like an almost an impulse to get out of that suffering. So there's no awareness with the impulse. It's, it's, to me, it seems it's an impulse because it just it just flies out. Yes. And I'm wondering how to work with impulses when you, I haven't been able to see them before. Manifest. I, I, I would just say keep uh, just keep working with it. I don't detect or understand or perceive anything in what you're saying that's showing there's an area where you're deviating from what you need to look at. And I'm fairly good at being able to see that. I'm not particularly good at being able to, being able to communicate it. It's very hard to look at an ultimate situation, which of course every situation is ultimate, and be able to talk about it in a relative way so that will help you or anyone else see that you're living in the middle in the middle of wisdom. You are wisdom. You're not separate from wisdom. Yes. Sometimes you talk about being a fool. Yes. How can we learn to be a fool regardless of whether we're relative right or wrong? Lose. No warfare. Lose every war from now on. Not getting anywhere by winning anything. I'm not saying that lose by being someone's slave. Uh, to actually lose, you might say, I've had enough of this relationship. You might not even say that. You, you, there might not be any talk about it. You might just walk away from it. And it could be any, it could be a job, it could be a, it could be a teacher, it could be anything. Go ahead. Without submitting? Yeah, see that, that would be, submitting would be ego's uh, interpretation of losing. Submitting is uh, extra interpretation. It, you're add, actually adding on to the, the lose, the losing part, there isn't anyone that lose. There, there isn't anyone that can lose. As the abbot here, you try to do everything on consensus, but there are times where you just say, no, this. Yes. Can there be losing and asserting? Yeah. Uh, asserting from the point of view of wisdom, there aren't, there aren't two different things. 
because you're not separate from anything, so therefore your your complete functioning is in terms of of the totality. You actually see the totality, and it's not an experience. If it's an experience, then we're right back to, uh, you know, let's take some acid so we can see that we're all one. Or let's do drugs. And, oh my God, I had this wonderful trip where I felt merged with the universe. This is just illusion. Actual realization is not an experience, nor is it not not an experience. But could you say what losing is if it's not the action? I guess I mean like if it's not just like giving in. What, yeah, what is giving in is an action, and that's ego. I'm not asking you to give in. I'm just saying something's happening. Lose, and I'm not saying if you're. I'm not saying you just collapse. I'm saying stay there, but notice if there's something that is challenging you whether it's your own mind or whether it's somebody else's activity. Uh, I'm not saying agree. I'm not saying disagree. I'm saying don't do anything with it. And if you don't do anything with it and it's coming your, your direction, you're probably going to feel at a loss. The ego mind, the self-centered mind is the one, uh, is the one I'm addressing here. Because I, uh, if I address your wisdom mind and, you, and your wisdom mind is receiving what's being said here, that will be the end of this talk. Only reason to for me to sit up here and look like this and, and participate in this kind of an atmosphere is to help you transcend your insanity. Joseph, is there a way to distinguish um, what we think of as, as losing, uh, like not really losing? Like, I guess uh, I know I've. Thought I've lost before, but really I was just playing tricks on myself. Or becoming a doormat instead of actually, like you said, sometimes losing is actually being assertive. So is there... Well, being a, a doormat is a reverse credential. It's the, the, you know, it's the one we always lecture each other. Well, you can't let her say that, him do that. Don't be a doormat. Stand up for yourself. It's, it's a, just a misunderstanding based on thinking there are real people with real uh, a solid ongoing plus and minus situation, which there is. There is that. We're not denying relative truth, but we're, we are trying to see that, that if you get caught in relative truth, then you're at the mercy of the three poisons. You're at the mercy of hope and fear, hoping things are going to get better and fearing they're going to go in the toilet. And so that's a, that's a polarity that have you ever noticed how you feel pretty good and then you won't feel so good? And then you feel pretty good and then you don't feel good. It's like I was saying to Shodo when he was saying uh, something about, is it, what did you say about feeling, I felt pretty good one day? Uh, and what, what was your question around that? Should we be suspect if we have a good day? <laughs> and then I said, no, it won't last. <laughs> and, and just know, knowing that it's, you're going to, you're going to feel good and you're going to, just, but but uh, but the understanding doesn't doesn't buy or sell or or, or ignore any of that. It doesn't buy it. Doesn't sell it. Doesn't ignore it. So who you actually are, does, nothing happens. There's, the uh, negative emotions, uh, from the point of view of wisdom, are just like weather coming and going. They may come. They may go. You may have fifteen hundred uh, lifetimes of karma to to go through now that you have attained reality. That doesn't mean those the cause and effects. You read, uh, go into, uh, what is it, in uh, the Book of Serenity, where it's uh, Hakujo's Fox. Is that the book that that is in? The story of the, of the monk who thought that, you know, the, that uh, someone who had attained uh, enlightenment was no longer subject to karma. 
but but you can't do that if the if the expectation or the story that you keep buying into is the one the ego keeps saying is that you can get better, you can be less aggressive, you can be. This is a misunderstanding, even though it's taught everywhere. I mean, Buddhists all over the place are talking about this. Yes, I'm not. Yes. What is the function of continuing to go through karma if one is realized? You have no choice. It's choiceless. You're embodied as a human being, and you you're you're you got here because of uh, who knows how. Some some say you got here because of a vow, but mm -hmm. does that karma eventually cease? It won't matter. Karma's unreal. Cause and effect. Everything is uh, unreal from the point of view of, of uh, something material. It doesn't mean it's not hard. It doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean this is a rock, uh, which is unreal, so I can hit myself in the head with it. We're not talking about uh, uh, stage performance. Yes? Are there clues hmm? that we're not observing? Are there what? Are there clues? Is there something to say, like, well, I think I'm observing, but I'm not really observing? Well, if you think you're observing, you're not. That's a clue. I mean, if you think you're, if you think you're doing anything, if I thought I was wise, that'd be a clue. I don't, I don't necessarily promote. I'm the wise guy, and you guys need to pay attention and do what, do what I say. So the, the positionality of it is the relative part of it, and. It, of course, using relative speech or talking or communication, we have to say something about it. So we use metaphors to try to... The metaphor I use often is a, that's a traditional metaphor, is a unborn, unceasing, with a nature like the sky. It's unborn. Who you are is unborn. This, this birth and death and birth and death is an illusion. It's albeit very substantial and hard and, and pushy. But unborn... Who you are didn't come into existence, therefore can't pass out of existence. And I would say it in a very relative way. Identify with that, but you have to find it. And if you find it, there's no need to identify with it because you see you've never been separate from your wisdom. And with the, when this understanding shows up, uh, it's not an experience. You, don't, you won't even contrast it with everything else because since you see that nothing is... Uh, there's anything that's any longer separate, so there's never a conflict with anything. This doesn't mean that someone's stabbing somebody or someone hitting somebody with a stick or beating up a dog that you wouldn't come and stop them or say, that'll be enough of that. You would function relatively at the same time your understanding would be uh, absolute or, or, or uh, uh, coming out of wisdom, which doesn't see differences. Andrew? What is observing? Is it ego? For a while, you have to start somewhere. So the, e the ego would be the ego wants to be enlightened. The ego wants to be with you when you attain realization. Pretty impossible for that to happen because it is as uh, the metaphor, or the example that Trump or Rinpoche says is the the ego can't witness its own funeral, which is awakening, no longer separate. This doesn't mean that causes and conditions or difficulty or even fear aren't going to arise. They just don't occur to a person anymore. Your karma may show up as, like, <clears throat> my karma may show up as a, a lung cancer. That doesn't mean that being awake or being clear about something or being in the position of being a teacher doesn't mean you're not going to be subject to uh, a relative truth. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, earlier, you said something along the lines that karma is impersonal. If karma is impersonal, 
what's the illusion that I have my own karma separate from my coding? You think you're you think you're a separate person. We're not saying you're not separated. I'm always using the hand because it's such an obvious metaphor. You know, the the thumb uh, is not jealous of the little finger. So it's not there's not some identification with one with some part of it. So if you see who you are, you 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 will. You will, and someone else is getting something that you would like to have. Uh, you would be would be happy for them. Would be a relative way of, of saying it. Go ahead. If someone um, sees clearly who they are, do they still have some kind of cause and effect that? Particular- yeah, that doesn't that doesn't change that at all. You still have, you know, your ears don't drop off. Still have the same ear. Still have the same ear wax. Still have to comb your hair. Polish your teeth. So I'm not being silly. I'm saying you're still going to be, and your actual relative situation might be even more intense because you're no longer looking for something else. You're looking at everything that's arising, and everything is, as has been said in the uh, in the sutras, uh, everything is preaching the Buddha's Dharma. Everything. And what does it mean by that? Not separate. Not separate. Every emotion you have is not separate from everything else. Everything you see is the Dharma. Dependently risen, yes. If, if karma was personal, how would that show up? Then you'd be, uh, then you, it would just be personal. But some people think that that's the way it is. That's why they have court systems and they take somebody who, without looking even even in the relative sense, even look d- deeper into someone who's been a criminal to see how did they get to that point, and how did this other person who's not who is uh, well educated and born into a, a family that's not not drug users and is fairly sane. Even that won't guarantee anything. Then another person who's born in a situation where they were from the, when they were being a child, they were not supported at all. And so therefore they end up breaking the law. And then, But instead of looking at the big picture and fundamentally helping everybody, uh, we, you know, we go down into right and wrong and we lock those people up. We think that that, that, that is an approach to it. It just makes it spin more. So is, good. Is there any part of observing that isn't suffering? So the, the first words out of the Buddha's mouth, as far as we know, was life is suffering. And it's not nihilism. It's, it's just, you could even say it's about nerve endings. We, we're really sensitive. All, all of the sense fields is very sensitive. So we're going to see a lot of that probably. So to say, is there any part of it uh, that's going into a, a partitioning things off and saying, well, yes, this one area here is not suffering, but it looks like it's all pervasive, but it's not separate from wisdom. It's a fundamental trans, uh, transcendence of everything. And so, and each person has to do, if you're looking at this as a spiritual path, which apparently you are, uh, each person has to awaken to what the Buddha saw him or herself. We have to look at it and see that we're, uh, everything is dependent on and understand that so deeply that you you might be tongue-tied. You might not be able to say it. When you would start to express what you saw, you wouldn't be able to say it because it's too too vast and profound. And you may feel like you're bringing it down to some kind of, or kind of destroying it. Uh, then the complete realization is realizing that what you just saw is not separate from anything else. And then you can run your mouth all you want. <laughs> yes? Is, does... You're just observing is suffering. The comment, uh, if you're having a feel a feeling that you're 
in pain or distressed, then making any comment on that is adding, and it tends to make it rotate. Where, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in a, a science lab somewhere, that's the way they actually do things there. They, they don't, they go as far as they can with materiality. Nobody's willing, even psychologists, uh, and a lot of religious uh, situations aren't willing to, to, to make the, the leap from the, the solid uh, t- uh, plus and minus world into and transcend that. So anything you add to it is going to perpetuate the wheel. But then how do we work with that? We, rather than try to stop it or reverse it or go the other way, we just watch the way we do it without, without comment. Watch the way. Lose. Lose. We, we actually, it's a feeling, from the ego point of view, it's a feeling of being helpless. It's a feeling of being hopeless. You concurrently say, watch what moves. So just observe what's moving. How does the mood connect to the just observing? Why is that? It's observing because uh, if we're sitting re- uh, very still, what is a mo- what is on the move and changing and rotating and moving this way and that way or getting larger, getting smaller, is the way uh, confusion works. It doesn't it doesn't hold still. It doesn't have a. If you sit long enough, eventually everything becomes very still and silent. It takes a while, and if it does that, that doesn't mean you've you have arrived at some kind of place of samadhi or something. You still have further to go. Is that funny? <laughs> Just a little word trick. <laughs> well, it is. As they say, it's a cosmic joke. But we take it very seriously until we burst into laughter, which I try not to do. Okay. What? Michael. Do we rely on hindsight to see our passion, aggression, and ignorance? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can do some of that. You're... you're you're just interaction, interacting with your friends or, or your mom, in your case, possibly, you know, about this or that. And then you talk with her a certain way, and then you might go, might look at that and see how uh, maybe, you know, you didn't give her the benefit of the doubt on something, or you kind of jumped on her about something. So, yeah, there's some of that happening. But it's always about observing that rather than try to change it. Or if you try to validate it, well, she's, well, I probably wouldn't have done that if she hadn't acted this way or that way. We're back into the rotation called samsara. But if you just are there and you just, uh, sometimes they say take responsibility, um, I would say it this way, respond. And the way you respond is just aware. Just aware. If you try to go in and manipulate it or be a better person or be a person who doesn't do that, then then we have more rotation. Then we have a person who's trying to get better and better, which is uh, you know trying to nurture ego, get a healthy ego. Uh, I guess to look at the polarity of that, does passion, aggression, and ignorance ever show up in the moment? Yeah, all the time. The perception of it? You can see. You can see uh, sometimes it's subtle. You can see grasping. I'm watching it over here. You're probably watching it over there. Or you're maybe watching it here. <laughs> you're trying to read my mind. <laughs> So when I say, ju- to go back to the title of the, of the Dharma talk, when I say just observe, what I'm in- here's what I'm encouraging you to do. I'm saying when something occurs that is gnarly or irritating or challenging or wrong or whatever happens, insofar as you can, do nothing with it. Make no response. Don't hook up your vocal cords. Don't hook up your musculature to what is arising in your brain pan, in your consciousness. What's arising there is a Dharma gate. 
when I say Dharma Gate, I'm saying it's an opportunity for you to just receive that, that message, you could say, so that you can understand deeply that everything is dependently arisen. You can you know, the, the Buddha's teaching is coming to you over and over and over in the form of your own confusion. If we start to realize that whenever we open our mouths to say something, it just isn't necessarily the truth. Is there ever any sort of um, stability found in that sort of realization? Stability is relative. The kind of stability we're looking at over here in this thing is a stability that has no reference point. It's like unconditional unconditional confidence, unconditional stability. You can't uncon- unconditional. There's no conditions that can threaten wisdom. Because wisdom doesn't has no position on anything. It's not separate from anything. It's not separate from the most horrible crime that's ever been committed, and it's not separated from the most wonderful, uh, beneficial action. It's not separate from any of it. There's, that's why, in the, from the, my understanding of the Buddha's Dharma, is there's only good. There's only this. There's only the absolute, and everything else is a is a is a is a hair's breadth deviation turning into uh, light years of deviation, into into ignorance and confusion and, and horror. Look around, the, we have an, examples of it, and billions of people are in the world. Some people are in difficult shape, and other people are just trying to get a job, feed their kids, build a house. We could take one more question, then we need to move to the daily oh, Okay, then. Andrew. How can you have a one and a half fold realization? If you see that there is no self, how can you think that other people have self? It's just the way the structure seems to work. It just it's like you you're seeing you're seeing that there is no solid being because you've been working with it. You see that who you are, the identity is fluctuates, and you see that the identity is real. Uh, it gets its uh, validity from how other people treat you. You begin to see that, and you start to you start to have some idea about that. That's it's dependent. It's dependent on other people's ideas. <clears throat> who you think you are, the ego mind. Um, you can't you can't uh, insult wisdom, but you can insult uh, the separate identity that call, that's called me and mine and my ideas and my territory and who what I think is right and what I think is wrong. And people need to listen to me. Can't you see what that? Can't you see what I'm saying? Or, you know, why don't you understand? It's called usually called a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> been in a few of those so, so the one and a half fold sosotarpa is the Tibetan word for that and it's just a way of talking about that one can begin to see the the the, uh, the transparency of the self of, the, of, the, of the identity and begin to uh, perhaps a little bit of uh, humility might start to arise of not not being so sure of yourself and being letting other people uh, talk listen receive listen to what other people are saying and uh, the other thing that might happen is you might because of the bodhisattva path you might be tuned in to the suffering of others you've, you've understood what your own situation is so that you really start to turn towards others it's called uh, bodhicitta the bodhisattva vow to be with all things so this could go on for quite a ways you could understand egolessness in a, in a pretty profound way but if you're still aggressively opposing other people or Agreeing and disagreeing, then you probably have not got that one and a half fold. Okay, we can move on. So we'll close, and then the daily Dharma gathering is next. Thank you. So, again, I'd like to remind you of the donation boxes in the hallway.
We also receive uh, contributions through PayPal, debit and credit cards. We appreciate and depend on your financial support. May you bear this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha.